pray for these folks if you do today. Now, our text for this message is taken from Isaiah, the 30th chapter. And let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. And, and I want you to keep your fin- put your finger in there. And I want you to turn back to 2 Timothy. And 2 Timothy. And there is where we will uh, uh, we'll re- we'll read the rest of our text for this message. Now, I want you to, I want you to t- read, it, read this. Go, go along with me as I read this. Now, this is something that... Uh, that I told you Wednesday night that I was going to be preaching on what's happening in these days and why these things are happening. But here was a time in the Old Testament when God forbid his people to mingle with those around them. And I want to read this today. In, in, in Isaiah, the 30th chapter, verse 1 says, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord. That, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. They, that walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strength, strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Now remember, Egypt was their great enemies, were their greatest enemies, the, the children of Israel. And he says now they want to go down there and they want to have fellowship with them. I, that's what, I, that's what I, I'm calling it. So therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. For his prince were at Zoan and his ambassadors came to Hanus they were all ashamed of a people that could not profit them nor be of any help nor profit but of shame and also a reproach. Now he's talking about them going down and fellowshipping with with Egypt and trying to learn from Egypt. The burden of the beasts of the south into the land of trouble and anguish from which roamed the young and the old lion, the viper, the fiery, flying serpent that will carry their riches upon the shoulders of your asses and their treasures upon the bunch the bunches of your camels to a people that shall not profit them for the egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose therefore have i cried concerning this their strength is to sit still now i read that to 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 let you know at the beginning this message that God did not condone them doing what they did. God did not condone them doing what they did. Matter of fact, down here in the 14th verse, and here's what he says that he's going to do. Well, look at the 13th verse. He says, Therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in the high wall whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instance. And he shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessels, that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare so that there shall not be round in the, in the bursting of, of, a, of a shred to, to, to take fire from, from the hearth or to take water with out of the pit. So he says, I'll, I'll destroy everything that benefits you as a result of it. 
Now, over in the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, the third chapter, I'm going to read uh, about seven verses here. And this, this is what God says about these last days. Now, Paul writes to young Timothy. He says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, which exactly what we got today. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. You want to know how kids were raised? Look at what's going on today. You know, this Generation X is out there, uh, uh, out there looting and rioting and claim that they're, they're, uh, protesting something that happened to a man who, and I'm going to say this, I know this is going out over the internet, but that man that was killed and that's wrong, it was wrong. They were wrong in doing what they did. And I'll say that forever. I, I, I wouldn't think about holding my foot on any person until they died. I would never think about that. But, um, but the thing about it is, some people have learned from not, from 2008 until about 2012 or 13, this man spent several years in prison for, for everything, robbing and, and everything. So, uh, be careful, be careful who you uphold. Be careful who you uphold because sometimes these people uh, are are really in bad shape. And, and let me tell you, folks, we're, we're going to have, you know, the Bible speaks, and I, I don't have time to preach all of this the way I want to, but the Bible speaks of a lawless age, but we're in it. We're in it right now. The Bible speaks of a lawless age. The prophets in the Old Testament talked about a time when there'll be no laws. Well, we're, we're in it right now. I mean, when, when people, when police have to stand back and watch people break into buildings, loot them, burn them down and everything and can't do anything, we're in a lawless age. That is a lawless age we live in. But anyway, uh, he, he talks about these without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. You don't you don't you don't fellowship with those people. Folks, you, you got you gotta be careful who you fellowship with and, and how you fellowship. And that's really that's that's what this message is about today. The the title of the message I have for you today is Warnings Against Ecumenism. You may sit down. Warnings against ecumenism. Now, I don't know how many of you remember it, but Brother Troy Shepherd preached two messages here on ecumenism. He preached one during a during a revival we had, and he preached one at a Bible conference we had because I assigned him the subject. Because I, I see these things coming, I see these things going, and I more see them now that people uh, are out there among the world and people don't have a place to go and worship because the worship houses are closed up. I'm seeing more and more of this getting together, and, and, and there's a reason. There's a reason. You know, we, we wonder sometimes, and I, 
And I was sitting back there in my study this morning. I got here about a quarter to eight, I guess, somewhere along in there, eight fifteen, eight o'clock, somewhere. Anyway, I got here, and I was sitting back there wondering. I said, why does God permit this stuff to go on? I know we pray. We pray hard. Everybody, I prayed hard that God would just stop this. Every time I get up in the mornings and I'm sitting in my uh, in my chair in there and I can see out the back door, and when the sun comes up, I'll say, God, make it hot today so that burn this stuff out and get rid of it. And, and there's nobody that prays any harder for these days to end than anybody does. But, but, but I, then I sit and think about why does God permit these things to go on? God can stop it. You know, we, we, I've got down here in front of you, uh, these are sermons that I've preached since we've been in this building. These are sermons I've preached. These are all typed out sermons that I've preached since we have been in this building. I don't know how many's there, but I know there's six notebooks full of them there that's, that are typed out sermons. But, um, I've got six more back there that were handwritten and Kara knows very well that most people, you couldn't read them if you looked at them because uh, you, you have to learn how to read my printing. And But but anyway, I've got six six more of those back there that uh, were handwritten. These were all typed. These are since we've been in this building here, right up here. So the Bible is full of words. God is full of words. Everything God does proceeds to words. He, as a matter of fact, uh, Jesus Christ uh, was referred to as the Word. Words are important, and words are very important. And, you know, some people says, well, what I say doesn't matter. It does matter. Everything you say, everything you do matters. Everything you say, you know. We as God's children, we have got to be careful what we say. We've got to be careful, as God told, as God told uh, the children of Israel. He said, I, "I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm amazed that you would go back down to Egypt and get and and get training from them, a people that helped you, helped you, uh, 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 and 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 made slaves out of you. I'm, I'm surprised that you would go down and do that. Well, I'm surprised." As some of the things I hear today among quote unquote Christians. Some of the things I'm hearing today, I'm amazed with it. And I want to say this, yes, I do believe we need to pray for this country. I believe that with all of my heart. No, no one will ever tell me, or I'll never tell anyone, don't pray anymore for this country. Because I, I, I do believe we need to pray for this country. I do, I do believe we need to pray continually, uh, which this independent, local, sovereign grace, landmark missionary Baptist church can do. We can pray right here. It, it, one of, we, we can meet together and we can pray. Well, I'm, I said that to say this. The gathering of churches, which happened last Tuesday night, happened right here, right here in Toombs County. The gathering of churches, which happened last Tuesday night, to pray for this country is an ecumenical thing. Because they, they stated when they put out notice of what's going to happen at the Tabernacle Baptist Church in, in, in Vidalia, what was going to happen on Tuesday night, 
was the fact that all of us were going to get together and we were going to all pray there for this, uh, what's going on today in the world. Now, I, I believe I believe we ought to pray about it. I, I don't believe that you're a very dedicated child of God if you're not going to pray about it. But then again, you've got to realize what does God accept as far as prayer is concerned and what, what God will not accept as far as prayer is concerned. God, there, there's some things God will not accept. That's the reason I say I pray for this country, but then I sit and I wonder, why does God permit this to go on? And it's just getting worse and worse. Jesus said himself that there'd be a time when it would just grow worse and worse. As I heard one preacher say, worser and worser. But it, it will grow worse and worse. He said that. And, and let me tell you, folks, if, if, you're, if you're looking for things to get better as far as religion is concerned, they're not going to. It's over. It's done. I'm telling you, it's done. You know, we as a church, we've got to, we've got to, we have got to discipline ourselves. We've got to discipline ourselves concerning what's happening in the world today. We've got to say we're either for it or we're against it. That's what Jesus told his disciples when they came back to him. And they said, you know, they're up there on the hill and they're casting out demons in your name. And the first thing Jesus said to them, he said, are they for me or are they against me? He said, leave them alone. You're not a part of them. Now, he told his disciples that. He said, just leave them alone. He said, you're not a part of it. And, and you, you, you know what you believe and you know what you stand for. But, but uh, there's people and, and also the Samaritan woman at the well when uh, she told, and I'm going to be preaching the 19th in this new 11th hour Bible conference, Bible, uh, uh, what do they call it, 11th hour Bible conference. I'm going to be preaching 19th at 7 o'clock if I can get folks in here that will set this thing up for me. So I'm supposed to preach the 19th at 7 o'clock uh, that night because they've started, uh, Brother Samaru and them has started it back up, and so uh, I'll be preaching in it. But in, in that message alone right there, I, I mentioned these very things in that message. The title of the message that I'm supposed to preach is, is, is uh, worshiping in spirit and in truth. Now let me tell you, in order to worship God, you've got to be in the spirit. You can't come in here and sit down and worship God without being in the spirit. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul says in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, he says, if you have not the spirit, you're none of his. You have that spirit, so, so if you're going to worship in spirit and truth, you've got to worship in the spirit. And then you worship in the truth. We'll talk about that more in the 19th. But the thing about it is, this is, this is what's important. <clears throat> I believe this whole thing that we're experiencing today is causing religious people to head straight into the mark of the beast. I, I hate to have to say that. I really did. I started to take that out this morning. But I'm afraid that religious people are headed right straight into the mark of the beast. That's what comes next. That's what comes next. Turn with me to Revelation, the 13th chapter, if you would. I'm, I'll be reading some scripture today. 
In, in Revelation, the 13th chapter, now I'm going to begin reading in verse 16, the 13th chapter of the book of Revelation, verse 16 says, And he causeth, he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive the mark of the right, saving in the right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man, now here, here's the kicker right here, no man may buy and sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now what will you do today? What will you, what will you do today when you go to Walmart and you say, I'm, I'm a member of Landmark Baptist Church, but we can't serve you here. You'll say, is, is that going, yeah, that's going on today. That's going on right today because just this week, Landmark Baptist Church was called a cult. We were called a cult because we will not do these things that they expect us to do. We will not take part in these things that they, that they, they want you to take part in. And, and we'll think about that. Down in verse, uh, in verse, uh, in chapter 16, in verse 2 of Revelation, in chapter 16 and verse 2, let me see if I can get these pages turned here. Revelation 16 and verse 2. These pages are thin in this Bible. I get so nervous sometimes I can't even turn them. Uh, Y'all just bear with me. Okay, Revelation 16 verse 2 says, And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a a noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast upon them which which worshipped his image. All right, and then uh, in Revelation 19, Revelation 19 and verse 20, he says, Revelation 19 and verse 20, he says, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worship his image. These both, uh, war, these both, I'm sorry, these both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Now, I'm going to tell you folks, when I say that this, this religion is marching close to the mark of the beast, it won't be a thing, you know, that's, like a man up there in Lawrence County told me I went to visit with him several years ago. He lived right on the Lawrence and Wheeler line over there. And, and I went to visit with him. And he sat down and I had written an article in the newspaper over there concerning, uh, um, the mark of the beast. That's been years ago. And, uh, and he told me, he said, I want to hear more about this. And I sat down in his living room, and I, I opened up the Bible, and I started teaching him more in the book of Revelation. And he said, listen, preacher, he said, you can stop right there. 
I said, why that? He said, because they'll have to be ten men tie me down and, 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 and bind me up and carry me to get the mark of the beast. And he said, then they won't be able to do it. Because he said, I will not take the mark of the beast. I said, let me give you some, some news. You're going to walk up and take it. It's not, it's not going to be a thing to where, it's not going to be a thing to where we, we're threatened. We're threatened with things. You know, we're threatened with the fact that you won't be able to buy and sell if you take the mark of the beast. We're threatened with things. We're threatened with things as such, and we're threatened with things that if you don't take the mark of the beast, you won't be able to buy and sell. So if you don't take, take to this ecumenialism that I'm talking about today, then you're going to walk right up and take the mark of the beast. You'll understand what I'm talking about just a little later on in this message. Now, in uh, Revelation 13 again, back in Revelation 13 again, in verse 1 through 10, he says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, upon his head the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave, and the dragon gave him power and his seat and, and, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his, and, and his, dearly, his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. Wondered that wonderful things. You know, it's a wonderful thing to get out here and preach. But it's, it's not a wonderful thing to preach untruth. It's a wonderful thing to go to a meeting when the truth is preached. But it's not when the truth is not preached. It's not a wonderful thing. These, these first ten verses here of Revelation 13 is speaking of one world church. One world church is, is speaking of a time when, when one world church, let's read a little more here. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and powers given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now listen. If you know your name's written down, then you don't have to worry about this. Because you're not going to follow after that stuff. You're not going to follow after that stuff. Just like today, you better, you got to be careful what you're following after and what you're putting on Facebook about, I, I agree with them. You got to be careful about that, folks. I see it all the time. And, and, and I know, I know I'm an old preacher and I know that I have preached a lot of messages, as you can see. Uh, at last count I had, I preached almost 10,000 messages. 
in the, in the 53 years that I've been pastoring. And so uh, we'll soon be pastoring 53 years in second Lord's Day in August, or first Lord's Day in August. I preached a lot of messages, and I've, I've warned people all those years about agreeing with something that you shouldn't agree with. That's what's happening today. That's what's happening today. People are so are so down because of this thing that's going on that they're willing to agree with anything anybody says religiously. You got to be careful about those things. That's what he's warning about right here. This, this, he, he says right here, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. Let him hear what's being said here. Warnings against ecumenicalism. Now we're going to find out what all that is. Verses uh, Revelation 13, what I just read to you, deals with one world government. And Revelation 13, 1 through 10, deals with a one world church. That's where we're headed. Did you know, I wrote an article many years ago on the one world church. And did you know that uh, as of 1969... When I wrote that article, 1969, there was only one link that was left to link up all the religions to the one world church. One link. I've told you this, people this before if you don't remember it. I'm going to tell you again. The Southern Baptist Convention was the one link that they had to link up the Baptists to this one world church. All the rest of them are linked up. And I'm, I'm going to say this because I'm, I'm sure that people may listen to this, that, that hear this. But let me tell you, folks, if you see United Methodists, that United Methodist means they have linked up to the One World Church. If you see you, there are United Baptists now. I saw the other day where a church was called the United Baptist Church. That means that they have already linked up the Southern Baptist Convention to the One World Church. And now every religion, I studied 132 denominations when I wrote, when I wrote my thesis. 132 denominations. Did you know that every one of those denominations now are linked to the One World Church? You might say, well, Brother Paul, why are you still here doing this? I'm doing this because I'm trying to teach you the truth about these things. You got to be careful what you take take up with. Just like uh, my dad always, my poor dad, he couldn't read and write. He was illiterate, but there's one thing he told me and my brother. He said, "If y'all marry a woman, he said, you got to remember you got to take care of her." And that that sunk into me and my brother very clearly you know it's the same way it is it's, it's when you when you become a sovereign grace landmark missionary baptist then you have to take care of that mother 
church which you are a part of. You have to take care of it. You have to watch and see that it's clean. Watch and see that it doesn't have any imperfections. And I'm not talking about people don't sin. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about the truth as it is preached. You've got to be sure that, you've got to be sure that these things are watched out after. That's why the Bible says we should watch out after one another. That's what I'm doing today. I'm warning you today before you go too far and you can't come back. That has happened. A lot of people have gone too far and they can't come back. They've gone too far into heresy and they can't come back. I I listen to them. I listen to them. And they're teaching things that are not scriptural because of that. What does ecumenical mean? According to Webster's, now listen to this. According to Webster's New World Dictionary, ecumenical means gathering of the universal church. That is the one world church. Even, even, uh, uh, Webster knew that that's what that was. Also, uh, another uh, uh, definition of it, furthering religious unity among Christian churches. Let's just all get together. Let's just don't preach anymore and make ourselves, as some people say, isolationists for what we believe and what we stand for. I've been, I've been, I've been told that for years that I'm an isolationist. I've been told that for years that I'm taking people's advantage away from them for even fellowshipping with sometimes their own family. But only reason being is because I teach that if your family don't believe the truth, then you shouldn't have any fellowship with them. I'm serious about this. That's what ecumenicalism means. The text before us today is not talking about the church, the one we read in the book of Isaiah, for the church had not been instituted at this time. But Jehovah God is speaking against his people who have made an alliance with Egypt and very ones that took them captive as slaves to go up against Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. They, they went outside and they got help. You know, Landmark Baptist Church, you know, we, we don't have all these pews filled. Why can't we just go outside and get, as I, as I said Wednesday night, I've had many people tell me, two people right down at Friendship Baptist told me, said, if you'll just bend a little bit, said, this building will be full. Because said, people like you. So they like your preaching. They like they like the way you preach. And if you'll just bend a little bit on the truth, this building will be full. We're the same way here. If we didn't teach some of the things we teach, if I didn't teach some of the things we teach, this building would be full. I believe that with all of my heart. Because I've had people tell me I would love to go to Landmark Baptist Church, but y'all have some odd beliefs. And I know some of you have been told the same thing. So they went and they got help. 
to take on Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. God's people were about to draw an allegiance with Egypt, their very enemy, and God hated that they would do it. He hated it that they were going to do it. God hated they were going to do it. He said, "He said, I will make your, I will make everything about you. You won't be able to do a thing. You won't even be able to draw a bucket of water. You 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 won't you won't be able to even fix a meal for your family." God said, "God said, God didn't like it. God hated it. He hated what they were doing." <clears throat> Folks, even in the Old Testament, God's people were supposed to be independent of every nation holding to the truth which modern religiosity hates. God wanted his people to stay with the truth that he had taught them. He didn't want them to mingle with others. God, God hated it. He still hates it today. Just as today, the Lord's church is to be independent, local, holding to a truth which modern religiosity hates. You, you know they hate it. They, they hate, this is the reason some of these brethren, and I hate to say this, this is the reason some of these brethren have gone away from, and I love those brethren. But that's the reason some of these brethren have gone away from the teachings on the church because it was keeping their congregation too small for them. And some of them don't understand how that I can stand up here and teach you all these truths and still have you come. You know what I tell them? I don't have them come. God sends them. God give them the love for the truth as every one of us have here today. Gave them the love for the truth. Yes, the truth will be preached during the Great Tribulation. That's right. It's not, it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop when, when one world church takes over. The truth will be preached during the Tribulation period. During, during the Great Tribulation. But the ones who preach it will be killed and their bodies will be laid on the street. You know, they, they would kill today if they could. They would destroy today if they could. If, if they could destroy what we teach and what we preach and what we stand for. As I told you people before, five years in a row, I was asked to preach a community Thanksgiving message. One year I was asked to go to the Catholic church and teach it, preach it. Another year I was asked to go to the Methodist church and preach it. Three more years I was told to go to other denominations. And the, fi- and the sixth year that they asked me if I would preach the, the community service message, I said, can I do it in my church? No, we're, no, we're not going to do that. We've already got a church picked out. Let me tell you, folks, that's the way it is nowadays. You know, you, you can make friends in the world. And I'm not telling you not to have friends in the world, but you gotta be careful how they, what the things they expect you to do to be their friend. Things they expect you to do. I like what Adam said one day. Adam's not here today, but I like what Adam said to me one day. I told him, I said, will you put so and so's name 
on there that they can receive these live live streaming. And Adam said, well, I didn't know. He said, I've got their name. But he said, I didn't know if that's who we, if we wanted them. I said, yeah, that's okay. What do you think about that now? Brother Adam. Brother Adam said, I, I didn't know if we wanted them. You know what he was talking about? If it's somebody that we shouldn't be dealing with. I told him, I said, it's okay. Go ahead and put them down as receiving the message. <clears throat> so they kill, their, they kill them, and their bodies lay in the streets, and the world will have a time of partying and giving each other gifts. When, when, those two, when those two are killed and their bodies are laying in the streets rotting, they'll have a party. The world will have a party. They'll be clapping. They'll be going on. They'll be giving each other gifts. They'll be so happy. What does that sound like? I'm about finished. It was Amos who said, turn back over to Amos. I want to read this. I want to show you that. It's Amos who said, I'm move that thing back. I keep hitting. Amos who said uh, in Amos, the third chapter, listen to this. I'm going to read the first 15 verses. Does this sound familiar? Hear this word. There that is. Hear this word. That's the Bible is words. God is words. The pastor is words. All these words. That's what he is. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only, listen to this, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Uh-oh. There were more families of the earth than these people. He said, You only have I known of all the families of the earth, Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he hath, if he hath taken nothing? Can a bird fall into a snare upon the earth where no, I'm sorry, where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath, that the Lord hath not done it? Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The lion hath roared. Who will hear? Who will not fear? The Lord God hath spoken. Who can but prophesy? Publish in the place in the palaces at Ashton and in, in the palaces in the land of Egypt. Say, assemble yourselves unto the mountains of Samaria and behold the great turmoils in the midst thereof and the oppressed in the midst thereof. 
for they know not to do right, saith the Lord, who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. They don't know they're doing wrong. That's why Jesus said when he hanged there on Golgotha's hill, Jesus said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I say this same thing today. I'm warning you against it, but Lord, forgive them because they know not what to do. They know not what they're doing. They don't understand what they're doing. Lord, forgive them. Can you, can you pray with one who doesn't agree with what you believe about most everything? Absolutely you can. Sure you can. You can pray with them. But God will not plead, be pleased and will eventually visit you with much indignation. And I pray that God will see fit to bless you in all things. I warned you now. All right, let's all stand and I'm going